For the 18th episode of Bob's Just Asking, I thought I'd try something a little bit different. Normally, I call on experts in particular areas, usually their profession, to find out something that I know very little about to kind of serve as a primer for me and perhaps as a proxy for my audience. In a way, I'm going to do the same thing today, but for the first time, I'm interviewing two people, and both of them are current students at Hillsborough High School. Introduce yourself. What's your name, age, and grade? Hello, my name is Azinwi Numfor. I am 17 years old, and I am in 12th grade. Hi, my name is Sanjana. I am 15 years old, and I'm in ninth grade. All right, so three years of your schooling have been directly impacted by COVID. Can you talk about your experiences since March of 2020? How difficult was it to be a student and a teenager during the many months of relative isolation, remote learning, and hybrid learning? Um, yeah, so I moved to Hillsboro actually the year before COVID started, so it was really awkward for me because, like, I had to get used to the school, and then I had to get used to it online as well, so it was, like, weird, and it was also weird not being able to see my friends and, like, having to go through it alone, I think, was the worst part because I had to, like, learn all of these different topics and, you know, learn more about myself by myself. And, like, I didn't really have anyone else except FaceTime calls with my friends and my family, which drove me nuts. So, um, yeah. And so as also as a, a ninth grader, your experience of the high school is very different from most other people. Yeah, I, um, I didn't we started this high school, I think, off with a different schedule. We have hat periods now to accommodate. I think it might be for COVID. I don't know. But it was kind of weird because the orientation, everything was masked. Some rooms were like, uh, we couldn't go into some rooms because of COVID standards and like the orientation. We had to sit socially distant. So it was definitely different from a normal school orientation. And Zinwi, how about you? So obviously for me, it was uh, completely different. Because I feel like I already had, like, some of the previous high school experiences, you know, the football game for the pack stand and spirit night when we were all in the gym and all those school events. So, for me, it kind of just felt like, you know, when you think something will happen, you're going to like it, and then you end up hating it. That's how it was for me because, you know, you're like, we're going away from school. This is so cool. <laughs> Virtual school. And then every day just felt like a repeat of the next day. And I think the hardest thing for me was because it was like it was the end of my sophomore year that wasn't the problem I think it's when junior year started and I was like oh this is the year we gotta be focused and kind of get everything down but we had an entire school day but with half the amount of time and we have to learn all that information so that was hard do you think that that when we go mask optional next week that we'll be getting close to that feeling again of normalcy I do think so. I think there's a lot of, like, in my class, we've been talking about it. It's kind of just, like, hesitation because we're, like, are we moving too fast or are getting too excited for, like, that feeling of normalcy back? Or, like, is are things really, like, moving in the right direction? But I think we will feel more normal. It's kind of, like, nice that we can have some events. Like, I know they are planning junior prom right now, and that's in the works. So it's kind of nice that those events can 
start happening again. How about you, Sanjana? What do you think about that question about (laughs) some kind of normal, like February of 2020? Um, uh, I have the same, like people I've been discussing with, discussing it with have the same hesitation. It's like, are we going too fast? There's a fear of everyone going virtual again because COVID cases will spike when masks are off. So it's just like an overall fear. I think instead of focusing on like how normal it'll become, we're all worrying about what might happen when the when the masks come off. And there's also the part about seeing the lower half of your face. Like I'm really used to no one having to see the lower half of my face. So that's definitely something I've become insecure about. <laughs> so I want to talk about a little bit about peer pressure generally, but first what do you think is going to happen if some students want to wear masks next week? Uh, do you expect uh, people to pressure them, to ridicule them for not complying with the majority? I think the majority actually doesn't want to take their masks off. So I think I think the problem would be with people taking their masks off. I think a lot of people will start to be uncomfortable around people who have their masks off. And if if it, so, if it just so happens that the majority are the amount of are the people with their masks off. I do think there will be some sort of peer pressure. I do think people will start looking at people who are wearing masks a little weirdly because, you know, that's how high school works. <laughs> I really feel like I'm in a different demographic because most people I know are like, woo, mask off. They can't wait to take their mask off, at least in all of my classes. And I don't know, but it's because I was in high school when we had mask off, so we're just ready to go back. So I don't know if that's the difference, but... I do feel like there will be peer pressure just because, like, I just remember at football games, masks were optional, even when we were outside. And I remember people that showed up in masks, you were, like, looked at really weirdly. And it, you can kind of feel that, like, uncomfortable tension when people wear masks. So I do think that will be an issue of people getting ridiculed or just looked at funny for wearing a mask. Because I feel like the majority, at least in our grade or in the, among the seniors, that mask will not be worn. That'll be interesting to play out if 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 you're both right about your own your own class, your own peers, whether or not uh, the uh, older kids either directly or indirectly end up pressuring the younger kids to comply. Um, but let's actually, uh, since I you know, I broached the subject of peer pressure, Zinwi, how would you say uh, have you been uh, particularly affected by it in your school career, peer pressure generally? Uh, I feel like me personally, I haven't. But I feel like a lot of my friends and their decisions, I can definitely see how peer pressure has just influenced just like the trajectory of our high school careers, as dramatic as that sounds. But just like different, like, I guess, lifestyle choices, obviously, like the kind of common things like underage drinking and vaping and that stuff. I feel like majority of that is just peer pressure, at least for in my perspective. But um, with other things, I don't see other minor things I don't see how peer pressures come in effect there I so I'm part of like two very different demographics in my grade so I play soccer and there's there's like all the stereotypes that come with that and then I'm I also participate in academic clubs so 
honestly, I didn't think that would be that big of a deal when I first started high school, but it turned out to be a huge deal. It's like half the decisions that like certain people make or half the decisions I make, I feel like right now are based off of like what other people think and like what my two different demographics are going to think because you're never going to find something that satisfies everyone. So if I make a decision, you know, some people will not like, some of my friends won't like it. If I make a decision, some of my other friends won't like it. So I think it's like different friend groups definitely causes a lot of peer pressure. And I also agree um, that smoking and vaping mainly happen because of peer pressure. I heard a couple of sophomores in my class, in my French class the other day, talking about vaping with each other. And I can tell there were people that were comfortable, but they were pretending to like know about vaping too and act like they vape too because everyone was talking about it and it was a cool thing. So... Speaking of pressure, um, have you felt pressure from anywhere, whether it's parents or teachers, to take a challenging academic schedule like, uh, you know, a bunch of honors classes or for you AP classes? Um, I live with Asian parents, so there's a stereotype <laughs> that comes with that. Yeah, I have been pressured my entire life to study for the SAT and take all the AP classes I can. I it for, turns out that I actually like taking some AP classes and I like having a busy schedule but I know for a bunch of my friends um, who whose parents say the same thing and not all of them are Asian you know it just depends on what your parents are like, are like but like a lot of them are pressured by it they're stressed out they don't want to take all AP classes but there's always pressure from parents and counselors to take AP classes and I feel like my life lately even though I'm a freshman has been controlled by getting into college mm -hmm. and I just had a college a conference with my counselor today about electives and everything was about college and I was really confused because I'm still a freshman I have like three or four years I don't even know three or four years left until I have to make that decision and I'm a lot of my life is already being controlled by it so as someone who already started applying to colleges and also has immigrant parents I definitely feel pressure it's kind of like when I grew up there was two options for a career you're gonna go into medicine and be a doctor you're gonna go into law and be a lawyer or you're gonna be an engineer or something stem related and I think it's because that growing up that's what my parents knew the things that made money you're gonna come to America you're gonna take advantage of those opportunities and do those career paths so I've definitely felt pressure from that I feel with the course load, um, I don't necessarily feel pressure my parents to take a bunch of AP classes, but it's like disappointment if you don't, because then it's always like, you're not pushing, I'm not pushing myself. And sometimes I have to remind them like, it's, it's not the end of the world if there's a CP class on a schedule with like two or three other APs or an honors, because sometimes they're actually like, you're just not pushing yourself. There's always someone else, that, that's the mindset they have. It's like someone else can do all of it, then why can't you? So I think navigating through that, and just like what they think and like what I know I'm capable of and like versus what they want me to do. Kind of just navigating that and balancing that because I feel like freshman year I struggled and take on a course like a bunch of like honors classes. Like I think I took like all honors but like one honors class and I didn't realize that once you get to high school like it's a lot harder than like just like your regular like, advanced classes in the middle school and stuff like that. Thank you. Let's uh, talk about homework. Um, although technically, actually, here's my first question. I, I have two questions, but I, I one I, I wasn't planning to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. The first one was just like the how much homework do you get on average? And then uh, one of the new things at our school in the last few years, at least theoretically, was that they don't give uh, we don't give graded homework. 
I'm wondering if that's actually happening or if they, or if teachers have workarounds on that one. So it was in we go first. I think the best part of high school is when they announced they were going to stop grading homework for me personally. That was just like, whoo, thank God. But um, I feel like there has been workarounds. It's just like, oh, this is not homework. It's a graded, graded classwork, that kind of workaround. So I feel like that's kind of in the loophole with that. But I feel like my teachers, at least with my coursework now, they're understanding, I guess because I'm a senior, about like the kind of work we have to do and how much homework we should have. I feel like in the past, though, it was really overwhelming. And I know that once you do extracurriculars, those kind of assignments just started piling up and they piled up for me like in the past years. But I think the new policies that they've implemented, but not grading homework has definitely been like a stress relief because then I guess you just don't feel as guilty if you can't get it done or it's not like, oh, I have to wake up and do this homework. I have to pull an all-nighter just to do this homework kind of situation. Well, I guess the the follow-up question before we go to Sanjana on this is, how many people are not doing the homework, which then leads to what happens in the class when people aren't doing the work that either serves as practice in some classes and in other classes like social studies is like you need to do the reading so we can have a conversation. Right. Yeah. I think there has been issues with that. Like I know for English, a lot of like my classes are we need to read books and we need to have discussion about these books. So get your reading done. And then like when the teachers don't make it like as strict about getting readings done kids don't do the reading so i think there's been an issue with that so like we've had things like oh pop quiz so you do your reading so it's like incentives to do homework without forcing you to do homework because you don't want to do bad but then you'd also the teacher can't make you do it but i think there's just like i don't know this there's an issue with like that too because i do feel like the amount of people doing homework has dropped off and that can be an issue in classes how much homework do you have like on a given day how much time are you spending on homework? And then, um, you know, obviously as a freshman, you're not f- as familiar with the, you know, the, the policy change. Um, so like if you could just focus on that. Um, I don't get a lot of homework. I think it's because I'm a freshman. A lot of my teachers don't give homework. I know friends that get a lot of homework, but a lot of my teachers focus more on like tests and quizzes. I get a lot of tests and quizzes and like in class we'll have discussions and stuff. Um, the only point in time where I had a lot of homework was when we were doing our English argumentative essays. But other than that, there's not, there's never been anything too overwhelming. I know one thing that really gets on my nerves are world history notes. We have to, like, read textbooks and take notes. Um, so that, that's been really overwhelming because it's, like, 10 pages at a time and you have to, like, read all of them and take, like, 30 pages of notes. But um, other than that, I haven't had anything that's too overwhelming. Like, I don't get that much homework. Okay. Now, this was touched on a little bit by a previous answer, but do you feel pressure to have an impressive resume of extracurricular activities in order to make yourself marketable for colleges? Do you ever feel, uh, and and do you ever feel, or have you ever felt like you were becoming a jack-of-all-trades and master of none because you were spreading yourself too thin? Um, Something my mom's pushed in me since I was a little kid is to do things that I actually like. So while she forces me to, like, have, well, not forces, that's the wrong word, but, like, encourages me to have, like, AP classes in my um, academic coursework, she never, like, forces me to do any extracurriculars. Um, Again, I have friends whose parents force them to do that, but my mom has always, like, put it instilled into me that, like, do whatever you want to do. So 
in I generally take that on my own she never puts me in extracurriculars I choose what extracurriculars I do and if I'm starting to dislike an extracurricular I'll, I'll like list the pros and cons and see if I should quit it or not so I don't know like I feel like I lately I have been very influenced by college because of the talk I had with my counselor but I never before have I really even think about thinked <laughs> just <laughs> thought thought about um college and how my extracurriculars have to do with that so I I would say I'm proud of myself for that but like now I'm starting to like worry about it which is you know starting to become a little concerning I feel like I've had a very different experience when it comes to extracurriculars because I feel like with college years like it's not just the grades you can have the perfect 4.0 perfect SAT they don't care you need to make sure that you're super involved so I like remember when I got into high school it's like I'm gonna join every club ever I'm gonna start a club I'm gonna write a book I'm gonna make sure that it doesn't matter what the topic is I'm gonna take all these clubs to be like look at me I'm I can do all of this even though half of the things I feel like I wasn't even interested in I never joined them only because I feel like I just did like one extracurricular and I was like, oh wow, this can actually be a thing that's time consuming and like it will take up your day so you can't just do all of them. But I definitely had that mindset that like I had to be the jack of trades and yeah. We mentioned the uh, homework policy change. Uh, there have been some other changes, uh, two others that have come along where I don't even know if you're really aware of it because your grades aren't anywhere near there, but we have a Basement grade of a 50, students can't get less than a 50 in a marking period, and then there's second chance learning. Um, what do you think of second chance learning? Wait, when did they start that base of 50 grade? <laughs> it's, a, it's a couple years old. This is a marking period thing? It's a marking period thing. So if you if you did nothing all marking period, you get a 50. Can you guys tell that to my pre-calc teacher from last year? Because... Uh... I definitely ended up below 50, but okay, that's irrelevant. I was not aware well, of we'll it. We'll have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so serious. I think that's interesting, and I think that's weird, and I feel like I don't even know how that's allowed. You can just have a, I know a 50 isn't a passing, but then it's like I just need a 50, and like a, I can get a 50 for like doing nothing, then why do anything? Because at the end of the day, it's like, oh, maybe just get like a, like a 75 the next marking period out of the four. And like, I can get that 65 just past the class. Right. And um, the second chance learning, I personally like it. I like when my teachers kind of like put restriction on, restrictions on second chance learning, though. So it's not just like everything is second chance learning. Like certain things are second chance learning. And I think freshman year, like a lot of my teachers with second chance learning were like, you have to show that you're going to study and try harder. Like, Either it's handing in notes or writing why you should do second chance learning or showing how you're going to, like, succeed next time. I think I liked how they did it like that. Um, I haven't really learned about second, I mean, heard about second chance learning. But when I have, um, I remember someone told me, I think my teachers told me, they discouraged us from using second chance learning um, because apparently you can't get onto National Honor Society if you do use uh, second chance learning ever so I don't really know much about that but I think it's like when you retake a test so um I don't know I think I think that's like necessary because otherwise kids are going to start getting stressed out and getting worse grades because they know they don't have a second chance but I think they should get rid of that national honor society restriction on it I don't think I think it's when you use it a lot it's, oh. it's not it's just you know you can you can use it occasionally yeah, I think one of my teachers told me that if you use it once, you... Are there school policies that you feel should be changed? 
And do you have any friends in other districts who might have different circumstances, either better or worse? Um, I think in Edison, obviously, it's a lot harder. Like, the academic standards there are set way higher. Like, that's not offensive or anything, but, like, um, I think there it's just, like, everything is more fast-paced and it, like, goes really fast. And, like, kids from Edison are known as, like, the smartest kids in the state because, like, it's a really competitive and toxic environment. I don't necessarily talk to my friends from medicine anymore, so okay. I don't really know. Um, but here, school policies, um, I think, should change. Uh, I think there was, there was something on the dress code earlier this year. Um, one of the girls from the soccer team said her teacher, um, I don't know, she wasn't even wearing anything derogatory, but her teacher told her, like, get out of the classroom and was, like, shaming her for it. So I don't know if there's something with the dress code, but I haven't really been in the school the high school that long to like know about the policies so okay i am a huge advocate for block scheduling i think whenever we do like a b scheduling or not every class on one day it's just been so great for me i feel like it's worked out so well i feel like if there's a situation where we can get back to block scheduling or somehow i don't know the logistics of it that'd be great i know there's other school districts in the area that do it i can't recall which ones in particular I, bridgewater might do block scheduling but i'm not sure on that um, but I really like not having every single class on every day. I feel like it's just less stressful and you're more focused on those classes too. And like you can actually get the work done for every class if you don't hunt every day. And there's not the problem like, oh, I have three tests back to back kind of stress. I also, the new policy they just added with the hall passes, if they could just, <laughs> you know, get rid of that right away, that'd be great. <laughs> we, uh, well, first off, when block scheduling first became a thing, maybe 25 years ago, I was so resistant to it. I thought it was a horrible idea. How are we going to keep a kid's attention for an hour and a half and, and that sort of thing? But having done it during our hybrid time, I, I did really enjoy, I, I felt that was, it was pretty enjoyable and uh, was something that certainly could, you know, I, I could, I could deal with. Um, and the hall passes, uh, we just got rid of the hall passes, at, you know, just last year. And obviously, the administration thinks that hasn't been working out uh, with kids just wandering the halls for, you know, forever without any uh, destination in mind. And that's potentially problematic. Um, without naming names, not that I couldn't look it up, uh, what have you thought, and, and this is really going to be just a Zimmy's question, I think. I mean, you can comment about uh, about world history if you'd like, but, you know, or, and last year, too. You, when did you say you moved here? Okay, so so you have only three years to draw from. So if there, you know, you, if you can certainly contribute if if there's something that pops up. But as in we, uh, what have you thought about how you've been taught social studies and history in Hillsborough schools? What have what have we done right, and what do we need to do better? I think I will start for what we are doing right because you are a history teacher. So I will give the history teachers that respect. I think the curriculum, like at least like activity wise, has been. Uh, for the most part, really engaging. I've always like liked history more than any of my other classes, even though people tend to say history has a lot of work. I feel like the activities that we've done to learn that like history has been entertaining or engaging. Like, uh, either it be like simulations or just like sometimes just readings or just other activities. I feel like all my history courses have been like engaging in that way. I feel when it comes to history, though, there's just so much we do not cover. And I don't know if that's like a curriculum thing or like a school board thing, but 
oh, I think let's start with the um, world history. I felt like world history, which is European history, honestly, and like, um, which is like European history, and then like here are some other things that happened, but like it was just European history. Um, American history was just like everything we've been like regurgitated to us since we were in fifth grade, but like a little more details, like um, colonization was like the exact same thing, but like actually guys it wasn't just that christopher columbus came here and sailed the ocean blue people that were natives may have been killed kind of like dancing around subjects and i don't think it's just like i don't know if it's the teachers or just like i feel like they don't i they think kids won't be interested or they're just like maybe they just don't want to teach it but i feel like we miss so much when it comes to our history curriculum that's what i felt at least I definitely have to agree on that. I feel like world history was like basically Eurocentrism this year. And like I we skip over a lot of the topics and the way we teach like slavery, because I just learned that this year. It's like it's like teachers don't want to get political. And I get that because like their parents and like parent input and like what parents think of discussions that kids have in class. But I think in general, we could I don't, I know this is like hard to do, but like diversify the curriculum and make it like more inclusive to all kids in the classroom so everyone feels like they have a voice because in discussions and like readings I feel like there's only one perspective of it and that's the European perspective and I haven't taken U.S. history yet so I don't really know about that but world history I think definitely diversifying the curriculum and like allowing for more open discussions where kids don't have to get scared about sharing their opinions I think that's important. Which segues pretty well to the next question. Uh, how have your ethnic or racial identities impacted you in the school? Um, I wouldn't say that much. Uh, definitely in like curriculum it has because I realized that a lot of the books we read in reading, uh, we read To Kill a Mockingbird this year, which taught, which is like more of a white savior type of story. And then we're reading about the Odyssey, which is again about ancient Greek culture. So in history, we don't, I mean, reading, we don't really dwell into like race, race, anything having to do with race, which I guess is like, makes sense because it's English. But like, again, back to history, like I, it's, it's mainly about European people. Like I haven't, we spent half the year talking about Christianity and Lutheranism, which I don't have a problem with, but like we didn't talk about, we haven't talked about any of the other world empires yet, which I thought we were going to do more of. So, yeah. For me, I felt like um, my race has impacted how high school has been like since the beginning. I feel like just to start, I've always felt like very isolated in my classes in the sense that like when I did take all my honors classes, it's like, I guess in like theory like not like so shocking to me because I I was like it's been like this since like middle school but just like only like being the only black person in general or like two or three other black people in my classes that were like honors classes was kind of just like it wasn't shocking but it just kind of made it feel like kind of isolating because sometimes like I know when we read to kill a mockingbird freshman year I was like the only black person in my class so like I remember we had this discussion and like I was like actually just singled out in this discussion like what does this mean to you kind of thing it's just like oh maybe don't want to answer that like I don't know and I feel like other than that because I just I feel like that can just because of like the classes you take and I just always felt like isolated in those classes because kind of like so if I keep going up will it just be me or like two or three other people like me 
so I have to be in classes that aren't as high to see people like me. I feel like that's just kind of how I felt. I've also felt like being a black person in school that does not have a lot of black people, not only does like everyone kind of know you, and doesn't like not only is it gonna go to wedge, like you're just known because there's not a lot of black people. I feel like I'd be very careful about how I portray myself just because of stereotypes, which is just in any situation, but obviously in school too, where I feel like work can travel pretty fast because we're kids. I just be very careful about how I portray myself because you do like one thing or people can like stereotype you and then it, it just sticks with you. So I feel like that's something I'd be cautious about. What are your thoughts on the critical race theory controversy that some people are trying to stoke at our board of education meetings? I like actually when I first heard about it, I thought it was hilarious that it would cause this much controversy. I never thought that something like this would cause such like an uproar. Like you're telling like the whole you're telling my kids they're racist thing. I always just thought it was people like projecting the fact of their their own insecurities about certain things. And I never knew that people would be so adamantly against something like this because I feel like a lot of it just stemmed from ignorance of not caring to know what the critical race theory teachings are and just um, just being defiant and what they think it is. So then there's just a lack of understanding of what they think it is versus what it actually is. So I feel like that whole discourse has just been kind of like a really big politicized mess. Um, I actually have a personal experience to go along with this. So last year at the middle school, um, my friend made a poster about, it's literally all over the town, so I think everyone knows about this, but it was a poster about police brutality and it was for Black Lives Matter. And recently they took it down saying it was too controversial or too political. And I think one of the reasons, don't quote me on this, but I think one of the reasons the Board of Ed members gave for, I don't know, for asking about the poster or like questioning it was... It was too one-sided and apparently political opinions were being forced onto us. And it's like the one time our opinions are not in your favor, apparently you're going to bring up something about critical race theory and say that we're these, these opinions are being pushed on us. Like literally we had no bad intentions. Making those posters was fun for us. It was a way to help the community. I was in eighth grade. I thought I was doing a great thing. And then when they were like, insulting us and being like oh they're having opinions pushed on them these are not their opinions blah 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 they're being political it was like we're eighth graders like we don't even know what critical race theory is I didn't know what it was before this incident so I think it's I think it's like blown out of proportion I think it's just a way for people to justify their actions well you know it is very important that we represent both sides black lives matter and black lives don't matter would be the two sides um that's what I, my interpretation of what they're saying. Perhaps a little unfair. Uh, Sanjana, who has been your most influential and impactful teacher over your years of school? Could be, could be kindergarten, could be at any, at any point in time, and why? Uh, that's really hard because I've had a lot of great teachers, but um, my chemistry teacher um, this year, is this going out to like, everyone the world yeah. um, we have listeners in germany oh um so hobbs if you're listening to this um hobbs is my chemistry teacher this year she's um she's really fun i love her so much and she, like the second i came into the classroom she was super supportive of me and like super willing to help us learn and like I feel like she's a friend that's kind of weird to say a teacher's your friend it's kind of lame but like i feel like she's my friend cuz she's she's like 
fresh out of college, so she can relate to us. And the way she teaches and the way she just develops bonds with us and, like, makes us feel good about our learning strategy and, like, the way we learn. Because it's chemistry. It's really hard. Um, So she's, like, there to, like, help us through it. And I also feel like chemistry class is always fun. She makes everyone feel welcome in her class. And, yeah. Great. Now, Azimu, you're getting the same question, but you can't say me because, of course, we know it would be me. So who else, uh, you know, who's the second most influential and uh, impactful teacher you've had? I think the second most influential teacher I've had was my ninth grade English teacher, just because I think that year is the first year I dealt with like, my first major just like failure. And I was obviously had so many like big expectations in high school. And I was like, this is going to ruin my life. Like this failure, this like grade is going to ruin my life. Everything's just going to go downhill from here. And I feel like (laughs) I didn't like her at the time. And now looking back, I owe her so much because I like put her through so much, which is like, I don't know. I just put her through so much, but like she was really there for me. And I feel like she's the most influential because I feel like if I didn't deal with that failure in her class freshman year, I feel like I would have spiraled and yeah, my English one honors teacher. I feel like she taught me a lot. What what was does this teacher have a name? Oh yes, this teacher is Mrs. Celio, and uh, she's actually uh, my sister's teacher now. And I think it's super awkward because I just like kind of like deflect eye contact with her at all times because I like I like I feel like I was like really like kind of like mean to her, but like looking back, I should be very grateful because. Uh, yeah, for many reasons that she knows. Okay. Uh, all right, Azimi, let's get to uh, what What are your plans for after high school? Um, My first plan, obviously, is to go to college. I am very indecisive, though, and I want to major in public health, I think, now, but honestly, that might change. Um, I'm very interested in policy change or anything related with public policy and, like, just changing systems that I find are unjust or do not work I can't really elaborate on that because I just have so many ideas I feel like running through my mind I feel like one of the ideas that's recently jumped into my head I think because of money also because I feel like you can actually make change would to be do some kind of law not necessarily become a lawyer but just to go to law school I feel like so I just have an in more intense like uh knowledge of like policy and public policy but i think that's something i'll like to do after i graduate cool now sanjana we have already established that uh you feel like you're getting pressured (laughs) about college so obviously it's way too early for you to make any kind of a decision but you know when when when, uh grandparents or somebody asks you what what do you think you're gonna do with your life what 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 are your what's your initial thought or what are you thinking about now um, everyone laughs at me, but I think politics, I don't know, because I, um, my parents have been trying to convince me to, like, get out of this, like, get out of that field, like, not want to do it, um, but I, I, I want to do politics because I have been reading a lot of books, and it's, like, public policy and things like that. There's so many ways to, like, well, there are not a lot of ways to make laws, actually, but, like, there are a lot of, like, I don't feel like there's enough representation in the U.S. government in general, and, um, I'm a U.S. citizen, so I'm pretty sure I can get elected for those offices. So I feel like I could bring diversity to politics. And that's also something I'm really passionate about is, like, making a big change, like, on a big scale. Um, I do an internship that's about um, democracy, too. But 
um, yeah, my parents have definitely been, like, um, like you said earlier, my parents have been pressuring me to be an engineer, doctor, or something like that, or a lawyer, because they say it'll pay more, but. That's uh, advice I ignored as well. Uh, all right, Azimwe, here's my last question. What advice do you have for Sanjana and other freshmen to get the most out of high school? I think my biggest advice is that, A, I feel like if you think there's something you don't like and you're just like, because other people don't like it, definitely try it. Because this year I'm doing mock trial and I would have never thought that I would do mock trial ever in high school. Like, I, I'm so serious about this. And I honestly feel like it's one of the most enjoyable clubs I've ever been in and I would have never done it. I feel like another advice I would give freshmen is just like, it's not the end of the world, like when you do bad. Because I feel like they instill so much freshman year, like it just gets harder. So if you don't have the perfect grades this year, just imagine the other years. And I feel like since I'm a senior and like I know so many people have gone to college already committing, it's really not, I don't want to say not like as like a hard, but just not as like this, the process is stressful, yes. People are making it more stressful because um, they choose to make it more stressful. I feel like you really have to just take advantage of all the other things you can do in high school. I feel like um, obviously grades are important, and I wish I did homework and paid attention more when I had those easier classes because it does get harder. But I think just taking opportunity of like the things that you thought you wouldn't do, like clubs and stuff like that. Obviously, I I'm not a big sports person, but you should go to all the football games because they're kind of fun sometimes. All right. Thank you so much for being my guest today. That brings us to a close, and we'll see you next week.